Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side. For the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. You can find us on Twitter as well. On the Fin Side, you can find me at Brian Cat NFL and Paul at Fanatic with a PH underscore pick. Fanatic underscore pick. We are previewing the Miami Dolphins Buffalo Bills matchup taking place at noon central one Eastern at new air stadium in Buffalo highs are expected to be in the lower sixties. looks going to, looks like it's going to be a pretty good day. Not that normal snowy Buffalo weather that sometimes we always seem to play in December. As far as the injuries are concerned, the Bills should be returning to full strength after their bye. They're going to get a lot of key players back running back. Devin Singletary, was averaging uh, 12.7 yards a carry before he went down with an injury. He'll split some time with Frank Gore. Robert Foster, the wide receiver, that was a deep threat for them last year, comes back. Tyler Croft, who they signed in the in the offseason to a pretty pretty decent-sized contract, will return too. And Ty Nasicki will probably start at right tackle as well. On the Dolphins' side, three players should be out. Center Dan Kilgore is going to force the Dolphins probably to take Evan Bame and move him to center. And Shaq Calhoun is expected to get the start at right guard. Avery Moss is going to be out of this contest as well, as well as Rashad Jones, who basically is on again, off again. Um, who knows with them? And then Xavier Howard and Jakeem Grant are questionable. Hopefully they can play in this game to help the matchups a little bit. But, Paul, the big news this week is Ryan Fitzpatrick. We've said for weeks on the show that we want Josh Rosen starting. We want him to be thrown to the wolves and see what the kid is made of to see if he can rally back and really give the Dolphins kind of a plan B in the 2020 NFL draft. But they did go with Fitzpatrick. Your thoughts on this? I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy at all. It's Did Fitzpatrick come in and rally the troops last week? Yes. But – we know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. We know what he's going to be. We know what he always will be. And we don't know what Rosen's going to develop into. 
Am I a little leery that he's going to turn into the guy? Of course. But he's also a young second-year player who was a young first-year player last year. And we need to see how he develops. And the only way to do that is in game action. And let's face it, Miami's not going to be a world beater at all this season. I think that's evident to everyone at this point. Uh, I think it's if you think they're going to be a world beater this season, good for you. But really, we need to see how Rosen develops. We need to see if he can start showing some flashes where maybe he could be the starter next year. If he can start showing enough flashes to be the backup next year. We need to yeah. see what the hell this guy is at this point. It's, it's extended preseason. Let's see what the hell the guy is, see how he can bounce back, and and see what we can get out of him. Well, I don't like it for a lot of reasons that are current and some in the past. I mean, again, I hate to beat this drum again. The, after you traded for Josh Rosen, it's, it's why I did not agree with the Laramie Tunzel trade. I mean, now you see the Texans that – it's it's looking pretty likely that they're going to be a playoff team the next two years. And Tunzel's playing fantastic with the Texans, and it's not a surprise to me. So you do that, and also you lose Juwan James. And, hey, if you, if you didn't want Juwan James back because of his injury history, congratulations, you won. But in terms of ability, no, the Dolphins could have had two bookend tackles. And it pisses me off now because I think a big reason that Rosen isn't in is like, well – there's so little on offense, and the offensive line is so bad. If you put him in there, you're just going to damage him. And I'm like, well, what was the whole effing point of this to begin with? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So that's one part. On the positive side, I, if there is one, um, when Ryan Fitzpatrick did come in last week, he did play well, and it, the Dolphins have some very young players. They, they need to know about, just like Rosen, at the skill positions. Mark Walton is 22. Preston Williams is 22. Mike Kosicki, who's coming off his best game, largely when Ryan Fitzpatrick got into the game, when he caught that long pass, is 23. So that's the other side of it. But a lot bothers me about this, too. Yeah, I mean, it's we need to see what the hell this kid has. Let's, let's face it. I mean, while I want to see what some of the other skills, I'm with you on the bookend tackles thing. There were two young bookend tackles, but by the same token, I'm going to bring up the thing that you pointed out. You know, Laramie Tunsil came out after the fact and said, I would have accepted that trade too. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough call, but at the same time, you, you want to talk about the skill position players. And, and I know you're, you're probably going to bring this up. Kenyon Drake, one of the best weapons that Miami has on on offense, still been underutilized this season, and now it's floating out there that Miami's dangling him in trade talks. Jesus Christ, <laughs> we're, we're we're trading away our young core now. Well, I, I I would argue the Dolphins don't have a young core, and they've already traded that away, and that's why frustrates me because I feel like they've gone too far at certain points. I, I don't think Minka was too far because Minka basically quit on the team. But yeah. And then I look at Drake, too, and I'm like, well, why not at this point? I mean, look, if, if you're going to have him split time with Mark Walton and you're not going to re-sign him after the year anyway, um, and you're not going to get a compensatory pick in 2021 because the Dolphins are obviously going to go free agent crazy in 2020, you might as well. And it's a shame because we love Drake. We talk 
week in and week out about how he's underutilized. But I don't see the Dolphins going from um, having him split time and underutilize him for the last two years to saying, you know what, we really need to overpay to re-sign him after the season. I agree, and if if Miami is going to make that trade, um, what I would like to see Miami do is basically I would start calling the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would start calling the Tennessee Titans. I would start calling anybody that's in the mix for a wild card pick and try to put Drake on a team where he's going to be utilized and be in a position to help hurt the Texans' stock. Because anything you can do to help potentially knock the Texans out of the playoff race is, is a big win, and it makes Drake one of the most valuable players not, on a, not in a Dolphins uniform. So if you can give a weapon to Gardner Minshew, if you can give Tennessee starter Ryan Tannehill a weapon um, to maybe come in and, and make a run at the AFC South, if you can give a weapon to a team that, that's arguing for a playoff spot that if, say, the Jaguars or, or Titans can pass the Texans, which I don't see happening, but stranger things have happened, and take that wild card away from the Texans, it moves that draft pick way up the board as far as, as, as the Dolphins-Texans first-rounder goes. So at this point, if you're going to trade Drake, you're not going to get that much for him at this point. Trade him somewhere that you can you can make your first round pick more valuable. Yeah, the as far as the AFC South, you've got Leonard Fournette, you've got Marlon Mack, and you got Derrick Henry in that division. So probably not going to happen in the AFC South. But you know, I I don't think I don't see the Dolphins if they trade Drake getting any higher than a fifth round pick for him. You know, maybe Chris Greer can do that swap where you know maybe he maybe he gets a third round pick for a you know a Drake in a fourth and a fifth or something like that, which is something, again, at this point, I'd say, I'd say, why not? But it's a shame. I mean, it, it's, it's really a shame that the Dolphins continue, like I've said in the past, to trade dollars for, for nickels and nickels for pennies. And then at the end of the day, wonder why they're broke. And, and Kenyon Drake is a prime example of that. But I, I do like Mark Walton and he, he's a player that if the Dolphins can fix the offensive line, I think he has some talent. I mean, he was a very good player at the University of Miami, and I think he's shown a lot. He he, he has all this. He has a very well-rounded skill set. So on offense, you're going to have Mark Walton getting a lot of carries in this game, and, and, and he's really the prime guy to look out here for on offense until the end of the year, along with the Preston Williams and the Mike Kosickis, too. But um, the, the offensive line, one big change in this game is, Daniel Kilgore is not going to start this game, and I, you know, I, I don't think much of Kilgore. I don't think he's the the reason the offensive line is terrible, but still a below average player. What I, what I am kind of kind of excited about though is Evan Bame should start at center in this contest, and Shaq Calhoun will start at right guard. I mean, these are the players I kind of want to see as the rest of the year progresses. I do too, and and the scary thing for me in this game is, you know, you're talking about the swap outs in the middle of the offensive line. Jordan Phillips is right in the middle of the Bills' defensive line, and he's been a force to be reckoned with this year. He's got four sacks in the first five games, and it scares me already with the starters in the middle of the offensive line with Jordan Phillips because we've seen a lot of pressure up the gut already. And then you look at the fact that we're starting to swap backups in, along the middle of that line and Jordan Phillips might tee off in this one. 
Yeah, Jordan Phillips, four sacks this year, three in the last game against, largely going up against Roger Saffold, who's pretty high-level guard, at least in his career. He's having a rough year this year, but you've got that. And you have also have a former uh, number nine overall pick and rookie, Ed Oliver, who's had, who doesn't have a big sack total, but very, very good against the run, disruptive into the backfield. So, yeah, it's going to be a handful on the interior of that line. They also rotate Star Latulele in there, too, in run defense. Uh, on the edge, they don't have a big-time edge rusher there, but they've certainly got a good rotation there. Jerry Hughes, it seems like he's been playing there forever. Also, Shaq Lawson has gotten better and better and better here. I, that was actually the player that I thought Charles Harris would kind of be when he came out of Missouri. That's, that's a joke at this point. Um, so... Yeah, it's. I guess one one thing the Dolphins have done pretty well at the outset of some games here. Actually, not last week against Washington when they allowed four sacks. But if they can get the running game going and and running downhill, um, then it takes a little bit of the pressure off that offensive line. But other than that, not a very good matchup all around. But then again, it's really not a good matchup for anyone the Dolphins face right now. Not at all. I mean, one big thing that would help is getting Xavier Howard back. Josh Allen's thrown seven interceptions versus five touchdowns this season. And Xavier Howard is the Dolphins' interception machine. Bobby McCain's been trying to step into that role at times this year. But in reality, Xavier Howard's the best corner on this team, possibly in the conference, uh, possibly in the league. And, you know, it's – he would be huge given the fact that Josh Allen is seems to be the only one on that team that's really at times underperforming as far as the interception numbers go. Yeah, and Allen has surprised me a little bit in that he's completing 62.6% of his passes. I mean, he was always in that 50% mark, not only as a rookie, but also in at Wyoming too. So he's learning to throw a little more intermediate routes there instead of just going over the top all the time. But He's starting to get a lot more of a well-rounded skill set. I, I don't. I, I still think he's not somebody who's you know, who's going to completely take over the game. I don't think he's there yet, and he may never be. But last year against the Dolphins, Josh Allen in two games ran for 230 yards, which makes me throw up. And they both should have been Bills wins. Let's face it, because if, if Charles Clay catches that pass in the end, the, the Bills sweep the Dolphins last year, and the Dolphins go six and ten. But um, yeah, it's. Also, in addition to Josh Allen, they're going to get Devin Singletary back at running back. But the old reliable Frank Gore is going to be uh, the guy getting getting the lion's share of the carries. 333 rushing yards this year from Frank Gore. You know, I got to tell you too, Paul. If in back-to-back weeks with Adrian after facing Adrian Peterson last week, if the Dolphins' run defense allows a hundred-yard rusher to 34-year-old and older running backs in back-to-back weeks, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah. It's We need Christian Wilkins to step up a little more. I mean, Davin Gotchow has been stout. Christian Williams is, Wilkins has been okay, um, but and, and I understand that he's a rookie, but, you know, all the hype, all, all, the, all the talk before the year, I want to see Christian Wilkins take a little bit of his step forward in his rookie year in this game. And we need to see a little bit more from Sam McGuavian and Jerome Baker in this one. Rake McMillan's been getting the job done. Vince Beagle's been getting the job done. But those two have been 
pretty not evident thus far throughout games. Their their only notoriety is in their absence. And given the play we saw from both of them in the preseason, uh, I'm I'm expecting a lot more, and we need them as far as containing Josh Allen and his legs, let alone Frank Gore and Devin Singletary. Yeah, and it'll it'll be interesting to see how they rotate in this defensive front. Avery Moss won't play this game. So we should see a lot more John Jenkins at that uh, defensive end spot in the, in the three-man front. Um, and I also think in terms of creating a pass rush, right now, if you have any hope of that, you need to keep Vince Beagle and Taco Charlton on the field a lot more. I know you're not a huge fan of Taco Charlton. I, I understand why. But he also is somebody who, who physically is, is able to actually – get into the backfield. And in a game like this, you could maybe even move him off the ball a little bit, have him spy Josh Allen a little bit, because he's one of the he's the only defensive linemen we have that might be able to spy him. But Vince Beagle consistently is the one that, when he's on the field, he looks like a more refined pass rusher. And, again, a player at 26 years old, we got to know about by the end of the year. Yeah, no, I – I think I already know about him. I, I want him on the roster next year, even, even if it's in a little bit more spot duty based on what Miami does in the offseason. Uh, Taco Charlton, I'm still not sure about because while he does tend to slip through occasionally, when he's bad, he is so bad. Like it, it's, it's mind-boggling to me because it feels like when he doesn't get through, all he's doing is adding to an offensive lineman's pancake numbers for the year. And it, it's one or the other. And unfortunately, too often, it, it's literally on his back. And we're talking about the running game. You know, he can't set an edge to save his life. He cannot set an edge. He cannot contain. And you need that from your defensive end. Yeah, at, when I looked at the game tape last week, I mean, on Adrian Peterson's longest run, you see Char- Taco Charlton get completely wiped out of the play. And – yeah, if if that's going to happen, I'm willing to to have that happen a couple of times a game if he's also consistently getting into the backfield. He's not, but he is once or twice a game, and he's got the physical potential too. So he's starting to play a lot more snaps than Charles Harris, no no doubt as to why. But yeah, so yeah, and getting Xavier Howard back is going to make make a big difference in this contest if he's able to play because. You know, well, actually, last week, I don't think the secondary did all that bad. Uh, Terry McLaurin had 100 yards and two touchdowns. But other than that, Case Keenum didn't really have much success throwing the football. So you get him back, and that, that could have some impact, especially if Eric Rowe finally puts together two good games at that outside boundary cornerback spot. Yeah, Rowe will have two good games this year, but unfortunately I, I, I can't see that being in a row based on what we've seen from him thus far. Rose, yeah. another one that is starting that I don't want back next year. I mean, his good games aren't even great games. They're good. And the ones in between are so freaking bad. I mean, and he, even when he puts together a couple good plays in the game, he has way too many detrimental ones for me. It's I, I'm, I'm over the Eric Rowe experiment. I'm using him as a placeholder on the defense in my head thus far. And unless he's going to be depth next year, I don't want him back. Yeah, it's we'll we'll see. I, I I'm I'm with you overall in a row. I didn't like the signing to begin with, and if if you can't if you are that far gone on a 
when a wide receiver just runs up and does a 15-yard out route and you're just, I mean, either on your butt or just five yards away from the play, I mean, yeah, that, that that's not good enough. Uh, Ken Webster gave up a, a touchdown last week to McLaurin, and he may have given up a second. It's kind of hard to tell whether or not that was on he or McCain. But, um, again, physical potential with this kid, and I, I think we need to – to continue to go back to that well to see what somebody like that is made out of. So, yeah, I, I, I'll let Ken Webster make some mistakes. He is young. He's recovering from an injury. He's not some vet that's supposed to come in and be a leader on this defense. That that that's what Roe was supposed to be. Roe was supposed to be that vet that's already developed. We know what he is and supposed to come in and be a leader on the defense, help implement the schemes and I'm sorry. I, I see none of that. Webster, yeah. yeah, he's a young, developing player. He's going to have some bumps along the way. That's a little different scenario for me. Yeah, and one other thing to keep an eye out, too, as we as we continue to go along, the Dolphins might get Cordrea Tankersley and Robert, Robert Candice on the defensive line in the mix here. And that could be interesting because now – Tankersley is in a position where he's playing more of a man-to-man defense than the the zone Matt Burke style that not only he was a bad fit for, but everybody was a bad fit for. And the pre- a little more of the pressure's off for him. So I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing if, if he can come in and unseat Eric Rowe. Robert Kandice is somebody who's just had a nightmare of an NFL career as a former first-round pick. But Look, we've got Taco Charlton, we've got Robert Kadiche. We're collecting first-round busts and seeing if a change of scenery is going to do anything different for us. <laughs> We're collecting Arizona's first-round busts for one, and uh, yeah, Taco obviously wasn't, but you know, it's just funny to me. <clears throat> but no, it, it's hopefully a couple. Of, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we see from Kadiche. Um, he definitely is a guy that I know we both liked a little bit in the draft. And, you know, we need some help along that deep front at this point. He he may not be a world beater, but he might be better than what we've got in a few of those spots. So, yeah, let's it, get him back. The the, the, talent is, the talent's there with Kandiche. Yeah, I, I didn't like him as a top five or top ten pick when he was projected there. But when he fell no. down to that late first round area, I thought, okay, well, I, I can see that being worth it. But clearly he wasn't mentally ready to be part of the NFL at that point. So Paul, before we get into kind of the standings here and where the Dolphins sit in terms of draft picks and the top 10, what's your prediction for this game? Man, um, I'm going 27 to um, 10 and 10 feels like a stretch this week for, for the Dolphins, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I think the Bills win this one pretty handily. Can you say 27 to 11 just so they cover the spread? All right, 27 to 11 so they cover the spread. Actually, no. You know what? They, I, I'm going to double the disappointment this week, 27 to 10. All double right. disappointment. Sounds good. And I think the line's actually 16 and a half, so screw you. Um, oh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go 24 to 9, Buffalo. Um, three field goals and – yeah, I, th- I think this is going to be a typical type of game where Josh Allen doesn't do a whole heck of a lot, but the Dolphins control the clock. I mean, it, it just seems in character for this team 
to allow Frank Gore to come back and take his frustration out on his old team, and the Bills get to 5-1. and one. And, gosh, after this, the Bills don't have that hard of a schedule over the next several weeks. I, I was talking with Nick Woten uh, from the USA Today. We have, we have a great segment with him previewing this matchup, too. I mean, when, when you take a look at, at who they're facing over the next several weeks, over the next six weeks, they've got the Dolphins twice. They've got the Redskins at home. They've got the Broncos at home. And then they have some pretty tough matchups uh, at home against Philly and at Cleveland. So, man, we could be talking about an 8-3 and three Bills team here, and that is not not good for my for my psyche here as the as the season continues to wear on. But, you know, they, they, they deserve it. And, you know, drafting Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds, who, by the way, that's a big weapon for the Bills in the middle of their defense. When he stays disciplined, he uses that wingspan at 6'5", 250 to really get going. Um, so taking a look at the standings here, Paul, and man, I'm so frustrated the Steelers won that game because if not, the Dolphins would have the second and third picks heading into this game. Instead, the Dolphins would have the second pick, and only because the Bengals are 0-6 and the Dolphins are 0-5. If all were the same, the Dolphins would have the number one pick heading into week seven here. Um, so you got the Bengals with the number one pick. They play ball, four and two Baltimore at noon. The Dolphins obviously play at four and one Buffalo. The Redskins play at home against the five and zero Forty ers Number four, the Falcons one and five play the Rams at home. Uh, they're three and three, and the Rams seem pretty ripe for a win there. Uh, fifth, Jets play Monday Night Football against New England, who are six and zero. That's I'm sure is a loss. Six, the Broncos lost to the Chiefs on Thursday night football. Seven, the Browns, two and four. Um, they they have a bye this week. The Jaguars at eight play at Cincinnati, who are like a – no, no, excuse me. I, I made a mistake here. Jaguars play somebody. So we'll we'll get back to you on that. And nine, the Steelers have a bye, and hopefully – Hopefully they stay. They don't climb any higher as we go along here than number nine. Because I think it's really important, Paul, that that the Steelers keep that top ten pick. Oh, I want, I want, I want the Steelers pick to be a top five, and I think it still could be when all is said and done. It's yeah, they looked good in that that win last week, but to me, they're still a pretender at this point. I I don't see them being that team. I with the Redskins getting feistier and feistier about Mike Tomlin. I see that starting to undermine a team that's already underwhelming to begin with. And because, I mean, we all remember when Nick Saban was leaving the Dolphins and how much that started to undermine things as the rumors started to swirl before anything was confirmed out there. And hopefully that's something that we see start to happen to the Steelers, even if Tomlin does not leave. You know, it's, I mean, we all know once those rumors are out there, even if the, the coach stands up until he's blue in the face, screaming he's going nowhere there's the doubt and that undermines a team in a season at times so hopefully that helps undermine things and hopefully the Steelers can lose a hell of a lot of games down the stretch and and give Miami two top five picks yeah Steelers are on a bye this week and then they've got Miami in the the following week but yeah I, I still don't see them winning more than six games but hopefully they don't go on a little bit of a run that defense has some good players. I mean, it's all pretty much littered with former first-round picks, and it's never been a bad defense, but it's never been a great one. And rookie linebacker Devin Bush is, is certainly a candidate at this point for rookie of the year candidate. So we'll, we'll see what happens. The Dolphins play the Bills, and and before that, you guys know I don't share a lot of personal personal info on this show. 
um, every Sunday I, I would pick up a friend of mine and his name was Ryan and we would go to Cafe Afton here in St. Louis, Missouri, and we would share a pitcher of beer. We'd line up all our games and we'd just talk about football, life, everything. Um, he, we unex- very, very, very unexpectedly lost him here this past week. We're actually laying him to rest here after recording the show. Um, it's been a tough week, and but I loved when he sat next to me. He was always, when the Dolphins were getting crushed, he would always remind me how many draft picks they have here in the future. So, Ryan, I hope you're looking down on us, and 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 hopefully you're right about these Dolphins draft picks here. So that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins-Bills matchup here this Sunday at noon Central, 1 Eastern at New Era Stadium. You can follow Paul and I on the Fin side on Twitter, on Facebook, on Spreaker, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify. You know where to find us at this point. Uh, thank you for everybody for leaving the comments from week to week. They uh, will, Paul and I are going to get better, too, at responding to as many of those as we can. And if it's not on the right side, and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. So, D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. Thin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.